Welcome to season two of the Whole Bunch of Cattails podcast. Be sure to catch up on all the latest episodes wherever you stream. This season explores the Cat Committee's fictional shenanigans, a weekly letter to Grayson, my daughter who's at college, updating her on the mostly real-life happenings of the previous week, and a bonus true story about the cats. A version of the weekly letters are also posted on YouTube every Friday. Check out the beacon link in the notes for YouTube and all other social media associated with a whole bunch of cats. Interested in supporting a whole bunch of cats? Beacon includes a cat treat link too. And now, without further ado, let me tell you a cat story. The Cat Shenanigans Chapter 1 All the people who live at 2928 Queen Ridge Drive sleep with the doors closed at night. Currently, there are three humans in residence. There's me. I'm the mom. The one who's responsible for all the cats who've moved in over the last several years. Then, there's the two adult children. One who's finishing high school. That's Skylar. Technically a teenager at 18, ready to head to college in the fall. Then there's my son, Jaden. He's 20 and taking a gap year. Truth be told, I'm taking a gap year too. After the hustle and bustle of the last few years, I needed a break. And boy, am I glad I did. I never would have caught on to what was happening. Shoot, I was here every day, all day. And it still took seeing things with my own eyes to be convinced of what my cats were capable of doing without human help. As I was saying, the humans sleep with their bedroom doors closed, while seven, sometimes eight cats, roam the rest of the house. We've always kept the doors closed so the cats won't wake us up. Little did I know, they prefer the doors shut so they won't be overheard. During the day, the cats hang out in my room sleeping casting no suspicion. I'm also in my room writing, and I enjoy having them around me. There's a certain peace to the calmness of the house during the day. Watching them nap, they look so sweet and peaceful. They sure had me fooled. I mean, I know they're rascals sometimes. I can hear them chasing each other around, knocking decorations off the shelves. I'll find them in weird spots, on top of the refrigerator, hiding on a shelf in a closet. The daytime napping in my room, turns out, is to keep me comfortable and content in my room. This way, I'm not cleaning, vacuuming, they all hate the vacuum, but mostly keep them out of the kitchen cabinets. Besides the humans, there's also a whole bunch of cats who live here. There's Scarlet, the matriarch of the group, or as I call them, the cat committee. She's a tiny tortoiseshell cat with no tail. She's also a majestic poser who prefers to be perched on high, watching the cats conduct their business. I don't know why I'm referred to as a poser. I'm a true princess with royal blood coursing through my veins. But that's not what this story is about. 
It's about all the live animals we've brought in the house without mom suspecting a thing. Bamboo and Yoda, the orange tabbies, were the last to join the cat committee, and they were the two who were most eager to play the let's-see-what-we-can-get-away-with game. I wouldn't say we were most eager. I think we were the biggest cheerleaders. We were the first to believe we could do what needed to be done, and we were confident we wouldn't get caught. For years, they were unsupervised in a home and were used to doing what they wanted when they wanted. Here, there were rules. Maybe not rules, so much as boundaries. For instance, food is served twice a day. They'd prefer full bowls all the time. Bamboo and Yoda do not appreciate being told no, even if their waistlines prefer it. (laughs) To show their disapproval, they stare at me. They meow loudly at me. They paw at me. Of all these things, the stares are the worst. All this time, I assumed it was stares of disapproval. I found out later that the stares are just to let me know they have eyes on me. These unnerving stares are to keep me from snooping around the house. Birdie, the ginger tabby, sleeps with her eyes open. It's the creepiest thing I've ever seen. It's not comfortable for her, but it's a great way for her to see what all the other cats are doing and to keep her eye on who or what contraband is currently in the house. Birdie's also the cat who initiated the need for a plan, but we'll get to that later. I love to hunt. I can't help it. It's who I am. Sushi, the Siamese, is a pip and the youngest cat of the cat committee. She's still just a kitten, and it's taken a bit for the cats to trust her. Kittens aren't always dependable, and they're easily distracted. Shows what you know. I'm not easily distracted. I'm intentionally distracting you. Willow, the black cat, is the only cat allowed to sleep outside. Now that Izzy's mostly gone, he's the only one that has eyes for the dark. He helps with any late-night adventures that require outside assistance. And here, I thought, he was just sleeping in the neighbor's yard, under their front porch. Yep, that's the plan. Keep you guessing. Izzy, the gray tabby, has moved out of the house. We haven't seen hide nor hair of him for a few months. He may be back in the spring, but I suspect he's found someone to take him in over the winter. Yoda and Bamboo are much happier about this arrangement, as he'd be the whistleblower. And what fun would that be? Izzy, in general, wants nothing to do with so many cats. I'm sure he's much happier wherever he's living now. Lila, the other gray tabby with the round belly, loves the antics and participates in the plotting, planning, and executing of the cat committee plans, for better or for worse. It's funny how humans have to assign roles to each character, I mean cat. The truth is, we all wanted to help. We put our heads together and did what needed to be done. When I tell you the cat committee needed every cat to be successful, I'm not exaggerating. If you ask them, I think they'd agree Birdie was the culprit behind the first caper. After what she did to the rabbit, I'm sure they're right. The cats were in for the long game. They knew if they could convince us that ghosts were back, we'd never suspect them 
and we'd never actively go searching for things in the house that didn't belong. Those stinkers pulled it off, at least for a while. The kids and I have lived in our modest home for 22 years. It's a reverse one and a half. The front door opens to the foyer with a galley kitchen to the left and a half bath on the right. Take a few more steps and my room is to the right and the living room, along with the split staircase, is to the left. The living room has never been redecorated in all the years we've lived here. The gray, nasty, stained, smelly carpet needed to be replaced. We had leftover hardwood from redoing my bedroom, so a few months ago, I decided it was time to finally give the living room a complete makeover. Pull up the carpet, paint, put down hardwood. During the renovation, weird things started to happen. The kids and I started noticing and comparing notes. Jaden and Skylar's rooms are in the basement, but at opposite ends of the house. Jaden started talking about the noises he was hearing at night. Now, our house is 50 years old, so of course, there's creaks and groans as the house settles. Hey mom, did you have people over last night? What? Yeah, in the middle of the night. Were there people here? Uh, no. I was sleeping. Why do you ask? Oh, I thought I heard the garage door open and close. The door squeaks loudly. There's no mistaking that sound. If Jaden thought he heard it open, it opened. For me to sleep through it, though, that was odd. He also noticed a lot of stomping around upstairs. I'm a pretty light sleeper. I'm sure I would hear both the door open and stomping outside my door. Maybe it was just a dream. Later that night at dinner, Jaden asked Skylar if they'd heard anything. Sure enough, Skylar had heard something that sounded like stomping the night before as well. They also thought it was a dream. But mom, isn't that weird that we both heard the garage door open and close? Opening the garage door is super easy. It doesn't latch most of the time, so we just paw it until it opens. We weren't really trying to convince them there were ghosts. We even had plans to distract them if they got suspicious. How funny they kept blaming ghosts. Very funny, guys. What a funny prank to play on mom, hearing the garage door. First of all, it would wake me up since the door squeaks and is near my room. I also hear the outside garage door open. It's loud and unmistakable. No way someone was coming into the house. And then I dismissed their claims, thinking nothing else of it. But that's not the only thing out of the ordinary. When I would get up in the morning, cabinet doors in the kitchen would be open. Contents would be scattered throughout the kitchen and the living room. Light things, papers, plastic bags, things that were put away at night. I'd be groggy and focused on feeding the cats first thing in the morning, so I'd just pick it up. I have teenagers, after all. They can be a bit messy. <laughs> this wasn't the first time the kitchen cabinet doors would pop open for no reason. About ten years ago, the kids and I would talk about how the cabinet doors would be left open in the cabinet. It was one of those, hey, who left this open? Or, hey, who used this bowl or plate or fork and left it on the table? The kids, like clockwork, would say, not me. Around the same time, things would go missing. For years, when things would get misplaced, the kids and I would joke that the attic people took them. 
Our house does have a tiny attic that's above the garage. However, it's more of a crawl space. But when Skylar was little, they'd cover up whatever they'd lost by saying it was the attic people. None of us really believed it. It was just a funny excuse for scissors or tape or cheese to go missing. <laughs> yep, cheese. Which I later found in Skylar's dresser. Sometime, Skylar was hungry, but didn't realize cheese needed to be refrigerated. I don't even want to remember how stinky it was when I found it. Skylar, why is this down here? Mom, it was the attic people. <laughs> Most things had a logical explanation, of course. But every once in a while, something would happen in the house that seemed to be a result of a ghost or attic people. Like once, I found my scissors that had been missing for several weeks in a drawer that they should have been in all along. I know no one found them, and I know they weren't there before. Suddenly, there they were. Now, I'm not a big believer in the supernatural. I'm from Missouri, after all, and I believe you have to show me. Prove it to me. Something's awry. There's a logical explanation. At least that's how I used to be. It changed about a year ago. Before I quit my job, I was a manager of a brick-and-mortar business. The business had a spooky upstairs. At one time, it was a large grocery store that had been converted into a gym. The roof was flat, and there was a hatch upstairs to get on the roof. There was no other roof access. There was also a giant hole upstairs that I'd call the portal to hell. I'm telling you, this place was creepy. Concrete walls and floors, rusted stairs. Very much a don't be a fool and go up there alone. Sometimes I'd have to. I'd always take my phone and I'd try to take a coworker with me. I was half joking for the longest time. Then, one day, the power went off. That's not spooky. It happens all the time in the Midwest. Unfortunately, a storm will knock out power for a couple of hours on a whim. It's usually restored quickly, but with the gym, people can't work out when the power's out. So on this particular day, there were two openers, a men and myself working. Power went out, we cleared the gym, and almost everyone left. One gal stayed to wait it out, so no power, very little light. We're all sitting up front waiting, and out of nowhere, steps from the ceiling. We all look at each other and laugh nervously. What was that? Asked the gal who stayed. Oh, that's just the ghost. Ha ha. The noise continued for the next hour until the power came back on. There were other weird things that would happen as well. Things like lights flickering or music adjusting volume on its own. The building was old, so creaks and groans were normal. But this was beyond that. Anyway, while working there is when I decided ghosts could be real. Ghosts or spirits or otherworldly things. And I think that's what made me open to suggestions that the attic people were back. As opposed to the cats plotting, planning, and smuggling animals into the house. So here we were. Just having pulled up the old carpet and weird things started to happen. I thought, well, maybe we'd set something free. I mean, we'd lived here over 20 years. And besides the short time 10 years ago where Skylar hid cheese and the kids misplaced my things, found them and replaced them without taking credit for any of it, nothing suspicious had ever happened here. What had changed that was suddenly open a portal to another world? Those cats are sneaky and got in my head. 
Each day they lay in bed surrounding me all day, lulling me into a kind of comfort. Ah, they love me. I certainly did not suspect they were up to something. I also didn't think they were spending their time creating a diversion so they could move things into the house without any of us knowing. One afternoon, I heard Skylar yell, Sushi, what are you doing? from the kitchen. I was in the living room, so couldn't see what Skylar was looking at. Mom, she's peeking out of the cabinet under the counter next to the sink. I asked, the one with the bags in it? Yes, I laughed. Looking back, what I should have done was either get up and go look to see what was in there, or ask Skylar to look. But I just thought it was funny. Sushi gets into a lot of things. She's a curious kitten. She loves a good chip bag or baggie. Since that's where we keep the grocery bags, I just assumed she'd found the stash. No need to investigate. No need to think about how or why she might be in the cabinet. All the way in the cabinet. Peeking out. Once Skylar caught Sushi in the cabinet, she immediately jumped out. The cabinet door shut behind her, and she ran through the house. We laughed. Ha ha. You got caught in the cabinet. That was the distraction. Sushi and the other cats didn't want us looking in the cabinet. The cat committee had taken over the cabinet. What we didn't know is they'd made a nest in the cabinet for a litter of rabbits. (gasps) Be sure to listen next week to find out how the litter got inside, how the cats cared for them, and why in the world they'd do that. It had seemed to me they'd eat the bunnies, but instead... They chose to raise them as their own. And now, a word from our sponsor. Oh, that's us. Willow here, and this podcast is brought to you by a whole bunch of cats, or specifically, members of the cat committee, my mom. Mom does the writing, recording, editing, and producing. The cats are doing the laying around and being adorable. Mom says they make it easy for her to tell our stories, and even make some up. Here's a mostly true story. Izzy's Two Homes When I was a kid, I had a cat named Jerry. We didn't get him from a shelter or a friend. One day he just strutted into our open garage. One of my siblings saw him and decided to close the garage door with him inside. Mysteriously, Jerry then wondered with very little encouragement into our house. I wasn't there when this happened, but I'm guessing he was carried into the house. My siblings told my parents it was the weirdest thing. He just walked right into the living room. We weren't a pet family. Before then, we'd had a couple of parakeets at different times, and that was it. I think my mom really liked the easygoing nature of this cat, so both mom and dad said we could keep him. Soon after his miraculous entrance into our lives, Mom took him to the vet. It was there that the vet confirmed that not only was he healthy, but that another pet owner had brought him in a few months prior. Jerry the cat had two homes. He'd leave us and be gone a day or two, and then return, never worse for the wear. I always thought that was a funny, unique story. A once-in-a-lifetime pet going from one house to the other, depending on his mood. Until I found out a few weeks ago, Izzy, Great Tabby, is also living a double life. Izzy is an outside cat 
who every morning meets me in the garage for breakfast. Right before Thanksgiving, the temperatures dropped to an alarming, keep your pets inside kind of cold. So Skylar, my youngest, brought him inside and put him in their room. He doesn't get along with the other cats and the room is big, so he was fine in there. He had food, water, his own cat tree, and litter box. Still though, that cat does not like being inside. So a few days later, when it warmed up and he wanted out, I let him out the window. Yes, the window. Basement is ground level, so there's no jump. When he was little, the kids would let him out the window all the time. He remembered, and out he went. And that was the last any of us saw of Izzy for a month. Thought he'd probably gotten hurt and we wouldn't see him again. He is a resourceful guy who can take care of himself, but temps were dropping again, and with winter, food is scarce. Fast forward to Christmas Eve. Skylar yells, Mom, Izzy's in the garage. I was shocked. I was prepared to see a small, mostly skin and bones cat. Boy, was I wrong. That cat actually had some fat on his bones. Someone had been loving on him. He'd actually gained weight since he'd been gone. He was his friendly, easygoing self. Since it was going to be seven degrees that night, Skylar put him back in their room, where he stayed a few more days until it warmed up again. He was let outside and hasn't been back, guessing he went to his second home. Who knows? They may not have any other pets and give him the good food. Knowing he has a second home and a second family makes me laugh. I keep waiting to see a whose cat is this on my hometown Facebook page or when he's here a has anyone seen my cat post? So far nothing. In the meantime, we'll see how long it is until he makes his way back to us. Thank you everyone for listening. And now, a weekly letter to my kid at college outlining the unfolding drama of The Cat Committee. Dear Grayson, now that the new year is here, you're just one semester from graduating. I sure am proud of you. What a fun week the cats and I had. The cats absolutely love their new cat tree. Although there's been a shift on who sits where. Bamboo and Yoda weren't allowed on the old tree. The other cats had marked their territory. But occasionally, I'll see one of them on the new one. Bamboo is taken to sitting on the perch and staring at me. Not sure what that's about. Meanwhile, Isla has taken over the kitchen table. That girl loves to be looking down on the others. Since the temperature is out of the negative numbers, cats have been let out more. The other night, Sushi was pacing in front of the door and Skylar realized she was telling them to open the door. Sure enough, three cats came inside. Way to rescue the cats, Sushi. Honestly, I've gotten out of the habit of checking who's inside since it's been so cold, but we've not let the cats out. The other night, I was about to fall asleep, popped up thinking, I wonder if anyone let Lila back inside. They hadn't. Thankfully, she was patiently waiting at the back door to come in. She hasn't wanted to go out since then. Oops. So I saw this video about giving a cat an egg. The video said a cat would take care of the egg because they're so smart. Cats know how delicate eggs are. This may be true with some cats, but not ours. I put the egg on the floor, 
Bamboo, Yoda, and Sushi gathered around. The brothers sniffed, then walked away. Meanwhile, Sushi batted that egg all over the floor. It got really good distance. Eventually, I had to take it from her because I was afraid she was going to push it downstairs. That would have been a mess. Scarlet has started spending a lot more time in the living room. We got those kick sticks, which the cats love. I think some of the smell rubbed off on the carpet and she's searching all over for it. She'll get under the rug in the living room, then sprint out, running from spot to spot, meowing loudly. It's funny to watch her behave like a kitten since she's been so reserved for so long. Silly cats sure make life fun. Can't wait until summer. Make good choices. Love, Mom. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Whole Bunch of Cat Tales. Join me next week for another chapter of the Cat Shenanigans. A short, mostly true story. And a letter to Grayson. Creating a podcast takes more than just me. Thanks to Buzzsprout for hosting the site. And Epidemic Music for the tunes. If you're interested in podcasting, affiliate links are in the notes. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions, reach out via social media or email at wholebunchofcats at gmail.com. Thanks for your support. Have a great week. Make good choices. Love, the Cat Committee.